Great things can often be found in the strangest of places. Take the Dead Sea Scrolls, for example. They are a large collection of manuscripts which date back to the first century. Many of them are copies of Hebrew scriptures, what we refer to as the Old Testament books. In biblical scholarship terms, it was an amazingly significant find. And where were they found? Well, about 1947, a Bedouin shepherd was looking for lost sheep in the Qumran Valley near the Dead Sea. The valley had many caves and the shepherd was throwing rocks into the caves to scare out any hiding sheep. But one stone didn't produce a hidden sheep, it produced a sound. And it sounded like breaking pottery. On investigation, he found several tall sealed clay jars, which were later found to be filled with manuscripts. And because they were sealed, they were, while not perfect, quite well preserved. They became known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. It was a great find, but it came from a strange place. You could almost say the same as hinted at in our reading today. Philip and Nathaniel are among the least known of the twelve disciples. And although Nathaniel is mentioned only in the Gospel of John, it's thought that he is the disciple called Bartholomew, who's named in the other Gospels. Bartholomew means son of Tholme, so it could be Nathaniel, son of Tholme. Nathaniel, Bartholomew. Anyway, Philip comes to Nathaniel and proclaims that he has found the one Moses wrote about, the one that the prophets wrote about, the one that Israel has been waiting for for so long, the Messiah. And he identifies him as Jesus of Nazareth. Now, we don't know what kind of expression Nathaniel had on his face when he responded, but I think it's safe to say that he considered Nazareth a strange place for the Messiah to come from. Because in his response, you can almost hear the sneer. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, it could be some kind of local rivalry, given that Nathaniel came from a neighbouring town. And his response is, Nazareth, that insignificant backwater? Have you ever heard something of that kind before? Judgment of a person based purely on the place they came from ready to condemn on account of an address or an accent. Perhaps that's something to think about. But then again, it might be Nazareth. It's got no prophecies about it being the place the Messiah would come from. In fact, it's not even mentioned in scripture. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Whichever it is, Nathaniel has doubts and he has a question. Can anything good come from Nazareth? And Philip answered, come and see. I like the fact that Philip did not feel the need to argue the point. I like the fact that Philip did not feel threatened or challenged by Nathaniel's scepticism. When Nathaniel makes his flippant remark, can anything good come from Nazareth, to Philip, there's no ensuing debate. Philip doesn't launch into defence of Jesus or try to argue Nathaniel into the kingdom of God. He simply makes an invitation. Come and see. I wonder if sometimes that's what we should do. Encourage people to make up their own mind about Jesus, not based on who we are or what we say or indeed what we do, but on who Jesus is, what Jesus says and what he has done to make up their own mind based on their own encounter with Jesus.
It seems that Nathaniel puts aside his preconceived ideas in order to do just that. And Jesus' first words to Nathaniel are, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Now to our ears that might not seem like much more than saying here is someone trustworthy, but to Nathaniel, who obviously knew the story of his people, it perhaps sounded different. A compliment for sure, but a recognition of Nathaniel's true character too. The title Israelite was taken from the patriarch of the faith, Jacob, whose name was changed by God to Israel. Jacob was known for his deceit and scheming. He even conned his brother out of his rightful inheritance, yet God would still work through him and change his name from Jacob, which meant deceiver, to Israel, which meant struggles or wrestles with God. Perhaps Jesus was saying to Nathaniel, you are one who is honestly wrestling with questions about God, and for that you are commended. I've seen you under the fig tree, that place where many go to meditate on the word of God, to seek out its meaning, a place of peace, a place of learning. And later in the conversation, Jesus makes reference to a dream Jacob had about the heavens opening and the angels of God ascending and descending. Heaven and earth connected. But the vision that he paints is different. Jesus is at the bottom of the ladder with us, showing that the God we worship and follow isn't remote from us. Nathaniel came and saw a man who seemed to know everything about him, a man who accepted him, who saw his scepticism, but also recognised the honesty of his search and invited him to follow him. Jesus sees the potential within him and invites him to be part of something bigger. And so it is with each of us. Jesus sees to the very heart of us and he doesn't discount us just because we have questions or even doubts. He waits to welcome us to be part of something bigger. And because Nathaniel did respond to Jesus' call, he saw lives transformed, his own included, and people healed. He heard the word of God taught. He heard Jesus argue with the authorities of the day, reminding them of where they had gone wrong, how they had lost sight of God's commands to love God and love your neighbour. He saw opposition rise against Jesus. He saw his death, his resurrection and his ascension just as Jesus said he would when he said, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And all because Philip sought him out, found him, told him of Jesus and invited him to come and see, to make up his own mind. So today I finish with the words of Philip. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Come and see and make up your own mind. <laughs>